Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Woo, it's a cold day out and about. We've got rain. We've got some ice. We've got some things. And I'm actually sitting in my rolling studio, as my grandson calls it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's amazing what kind of good sound uh, booths a car can be. So we are going through the book of Colossians. And we've looked at the uh, first chapter. And we've looked at the first part of the second chapter. And I want to go back and read those first few verses out of the second chapter as we keep uh, pressing on in the book. Paul has uh, some things that he's wanting to communicate right here. And he's already laid sort of the outline of everything in the first chapter about who we are as believers, about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And he's actually doing battle within the heavenly realms here and within the natural because there was a lot of stuff being perverted, a lot of things that were being said about the faith and about the Lord that were not true. And he's dealing with these things. And he's going to uh, state a fact about it, and then he'll reiterate it. Perhaps we'll get to that today. We'll see one uh, that he's just driving home the same point about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'll just tell you what it is. Uh, we saw in the first chapter uh, that Jesus uh, contains all the fullness of the deity, that it was the Father's good will for that to occur. And then we're going to see that actual phrase here in the second chapter. So let me go back to the first uh, verse of the second chapter and read it. Then we'll press on a couple more verses. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, let me just stop there again. <laughs> I know this is like the third time we've gone through this, right? But there's so much here, folks, so much to, and to reflect upon and to understand. So what is he talking about right here? He said, man, I, I, I want y'all to be encouraged and the folks that lay out to see it and everybody who hears these things. I want you to be encouraged about the love that you have that knits you together. I want you to know the wealth of the full assurance of understanding. Well, understanding what? Well, the mystery that is Christ. I want you to have true knowledge of that mystery. What is the mystery? The mystery that is Christ. That in him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can have knowledge about that. We can have understanding about that. Now, he's... Uh, uh, just hitting head on uh, what's referred to as Gnosticism, this idea that you have to have a superior knowledge to actually be in right relationship with God and only a select people do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's telling them it's not the knowledge that man has. It's not the understanding that man has. It's this knowledge and understanding that comes from God that the Lord will release in us and it's only going to come through Jesus Christ himself. So verse 4, he tells him why he said all this stuff at this point in time. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument, which tells us what? 
that they were people that were trying to delude them with persuasive arguments. <laughs> they were people that were bringing forth these uh, really slick arguments about, and some of them were, were amazing. They would say, well, yes, Jesus was really God, but he didn't have an earthly body. It just looked like a body, okay? But it wasn't a real body. And then it got to the point where they said that uh, the body is what the real problem is, the things that are material. And so my spirit can be totally, absolutely pure and holy and righteous, but it's in this body that's impure. And so I can't really control this body. So it doesn't matter what my body does. I can do anything I want to in my body, but my spirit is still pure. Well, you can imagine how that sells. People jump on that, right? And, and that's what he's dealing with right here. Don't get caught up in these arguments. Now, verse 5. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. So what's he rejoicing over? He's rejoicing over the fact that they are stable in their faith in Christ. They have faith in Christ and they're not wavering from that. And they're good discipline. You know, and it actually means the idea of your good order. In other words, you're following the practices. You're doing what you need to be doing. And he says, I'm rejoicing over that. So verse six, we'll press on now. Therefore, well, there you go. Therefore, in light of everything he just said here in the second chapter, in light of everything he said in the first chapter, therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. So he's talked up to this point in time, in the first chapter particularly, about them being saved, about them believing about who the Lord is. And now he's saying, since you have received, and he's acknowledging that. He just said it right. He said, I'm rejoicing in your good discipline. I'm rejoicing in the stability of your faith in the Lord. Since you have received Christ Jesus, walk in him. Verse 7 continues the sentence having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Now, these, these verses are sort of a, a bringing together what he's been saying right here. You're, you're rooted. If you believe this, if you know who you are, if you know who the Lord is, you are rooted. You are rooted in the faith. He says, now let's build on that. Having been firmly rooted and being built up in him and established in your faith as you were instructed. So he's saying, you've got the foundation. <laughs> you've got the superstructure here. You've got this great layout, okay? You're doing wonderful. You're doing great. But now let's press on from there. And at the end of it, it's interesting because he says, overflowing with gratitude. With gratitude, just being overflowing with gratitude, with thanks to the Most High God for what he has done. So think on this, okay? Because of all he said, you've received Christ, now walk in him. How do you walk in him? You walk in him in that which you've been firmly rooted. i tell you a sad truth right here. Many, many who profess to be believers, and I think some who are actually are believers, they're true believers, but they're not firmly rooted. They're not firmly rooted at all. And uh, the writer of Hebrews actually talks about that. The ones that, you know, by now <clears throat> you should be teachers, but you're actually needing milk. You need to start all over. You don't have any root 
in what you say you believe. And there's many like that. Let me tell you, there's many, many like that within leadership. You'll hear it from the uh, people who teach and who preach. And it's like they're, they're understanding the scripture. Uh, a lot don't even use the scripture. They'll just have a scriptural reading and then they get up and say whatever they want to. But then they'll have a scriptural reading and it's like they try to touch upon it and they, 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 they refer to it and they think they're actually teaching from it and they think they're giving insight into it. But it so reminds me of those little bugs that you see in the uh, summer in the deep south that just flit across the surface of water, whether it be a little lake or a little pond or a puddle or whatever. And it's like they barely touch the surface and they skim across it and then they take off again. And we treat the word like that. And we think that we're being firmly rooted and we're really not. Okay? And we're really not being built up in him. And because of that, our faith is not being established. Notice he said, just as you were instructed, instructed, they were instructed and they knew it. And Paul knew it. And he's telling them, you hang on to that. Most of us have not been instructed. If you get right down to it. I mean, just pay attention and watch what's going on and listen to what's happening. And you'll see, you'll hear a lot of words. You'll hear a lot of verbiage, but you'll hear very little of just the pure word being communicated, being taught, being instructed, being delved into. Because of that, we're not really equipped to do what he's going to say in the next verse. Because there's a direct instruction he gives in the next verse, which we'll have to get to in the next episode, okay? <laughs> My time is up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.